One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to a Sparks special. We're collaborating with Galdem to bring you stories from women and non-binary people of colour. This story was told by Sasha at the book club in Shoreditch, London, when the theme was nostalgia. So I'm going to talk about going to Northern Ireland as a young kid. So I'm from Labbert Grove. My mom's from Belfast and my dad's Jamaican. And every summer and pretty much all holidays, we used to go there when we were little. Just to give you a bit of context to what Northern Ireland's like, when my mum left Northern Ireland to go to Chelsea Art School in London, her mum and best friend said, Fiona, like, I can't do the accent. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you go to London, don't marry a black man because you have a, a wee white baby with black ears. And they were like really genuinely believed that that would happen. And then when my mum went back, like pregnant with me, and then I was born and my grandma fell in love and kind of let go of all those perceptions. And I always have the fondest memories of my grandma and just being there from like growing up where I grew up, where it was so a mix, but also quite like rough and ready. Believe it or not, Labbert Grove once was rough and ready. And um, in Ireland, it was like this beautiful escape. Me and my sister, Rudy, reminded me we like pooed on a haystack. We like ran around like crazy people. We went up trees. We had like all this amazing time. We fished. But it was quite lonely and quite dead, to be honest, because we didn't have TV. And like my grandma would shout at us if we put Weetabix in the recycling. And it was quite like, you know, for someone who was used to like quite engaging life, going to Northern Ireland in like a field was quite boring. Anyway, but we did it for weeks on end and we had kind of this amazing time. But I remember there were a few little moments where it was like, wow, this is a different place. <laughs> so we went to this place, it was called, not it's like the equivalent of 7-Eleven, I think it's called Mace. And one time we were in there and um, this little girl just kind of stood in front of me and was like, was like, mommy, there's a wee black girl. And like kind of went for my hair and I was like, fam <laughs> like as well I was trying a thing back then so I thought it was a bit road and I had like my full adidas tracksuit and when they came near me I was like trust me watch this, watch this. <laughs> so it was like this really funny experience and I saw everyone in opposition and my dad's like six foot five huge huge guy and they'd just be like oh my god like look at him look at him and everyone was so awkward like I remember my once my dad got lost at a party and obviously we were like the only black people there and um my uncle bragged to my grandma like, yeah, yeah, well, we said, we said Colin was lost and uh, uh, 
you know, he's a tall, dark, handsome lad. And everyone was just lost looking for my dad. And no one said he was the black guy. It was kind of that environment. Yeah. So anyway, it was this all weird, alienating, quite boring space. And there was no real young people. It was just me and my sister. My little brothers were too young. And I'm running, running. And I remember across the field, across this river, there was these two other little girls and they were kind of our age. And you know, when you're a little kid, you like look at other people your age, but you won't speak to them. But you're just like, what are you saying? You know, like, um, anyway, so I always saw them, but because of all these little experiences of Irish people, apart from my mum and family, I kind of thought they were all demons or like really, really racist or the kind of opposition. And these little girls would like watch us. And it kind of got closer and closer. Like each day we'd get closer to the river and be like, like what we were fishing or, you know, and it got closer and closer and closer. And then one time, I think one was called Michelle. I don't remember the other girl's name. A little freckly girl kind of came up to me and was like, and I thought they were going to say something really horrible to me. So I was like kind of ready. And they were like, would you, would you be um, Scary Spice in our tribute band? And I was like, I was like, I was kind of like, didn't know what to do with it. But I was like, yeah, because I really, I really wanted to be accepted, like in it, you know, you want to be in opposition, but you also want to be friends and accepted. Anyway, so I was like Scary Spice for them. And I think my sister was too little and she was the type of sister that I brought to every birthday party with me matching. And she'd just be like in the corner. So she'd like do the corner thing and I'd be like Scary Spice. And then they were like, you know, there's a girl down the road in like um, Kilmore who also needs a scary spice. And basically, I pimped myself out across Belfast as a scary spice to loads of tribute bands. And I have really fond memories of Ireland. And I like love, love, love my grandma. My family are lovely and amazing, but they're, we were talking about it, me and my sister recently, but they're not like feeling people, you know, they're not soft, they're quite tough. They're like, achieve, do your thing, be amazing, keep on going. Whereas my grandma would make such a big thing. If you cut your knee, she'd be like, oh, well, and then take you to the box and get out a plaster. And I was like, I used to cut my knee on purpose, I swear, for that kind of attention. Um, and when I was like 11, she died and it was really sad. I still wear her rings and we're really, really close. And I have this incredible view of my grandma as this really progressive, amazing woman and so kind to me. And she's such close, we're so close. But like, as I've grown up, I found out that there was so much wrong with my grandma. You know, like my dad was like a Black Panther back in the day, raised in Luton, which if anyone <laughs> who know Luton being a Black Panther in Luton could have been a bit problematic. And he told me that he used to leave holidays regularly because they fell out because she'd say something really ist or problematic. And just over time, I've realized that me and my grandma were like very, very different. So all these things that I experienced in Northern Ireland of like, I don't know, I thought everyone else was different, but my family and we got it. Like growing up and learning, my grandma wasn't this thing that I thought we, we had all this affinity. She was actually quite a difficult, like there was difficult views that I don't. And now I think as an older person, I'd love, I yearn to see my grandma again and have a chat with her. But then I'm also finding out there's all these booky views she has that I don't know if I'm about. So I suppose that's my like really convoluted story about growing up as an Ulster girl in Northern Ireland. <laughs> That was Sasha. Next up, Lilith. And the theme is still nostalgia. All right. Hi. I don't look like my dad. I uh, always thought that I did. And people always told me from when I can remember that uh, I didn't look like him. I realized that when um, I was about four or five, maybe five, I think. And um, it was Chinese New Year. And my dad, who grew up in um, care, 
but is a Chinese and Indian mixed. He was really into like doing culturally Chinese and Indian things to like connect with his background because he'd grown up in care. So anyway, we went to Chinese New Year and I was having so much fun. It was all like sparkly. There was loads of um, stuff. There was all the lanterns and you light them and they go off. And I was having fun and I met some other kids and we, I went off and I lost my dad. Uh, I couldn't find my dad. You know what happens when you're a kid. You start crying because you can't find your dad. So that's what happened. And then some some people who were the, I guess, the, uh, pe- you know, the people running the event, like found me crying or whatever and took me up to the offices in Chinatown to uh, wait for my dad or parent to come and find me. So I waited and I waited. Nobody came. And I cried and I cried and I thought that my dad had left me because it was now getting to the end of the event and they were like, do you know your phone number? And I was like, no. Do you know where you live? I was like, no. I was like, I live near um, Dalston. And that was the most that I knew. Like I really didn't know my address or anything. So um, eventually, after a very, very long time, I saw my dad at the bottom of the thing arguing with someone saying, you know, blah, 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 he had lost his daughter. So my dad had actually been there for a really long time, for at least a couple of hours. But because I was black and he was Asian, he said he was like my daughter, her name is Lilith, da, 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 da. They still didn't connect that with me for some reason, even though I was there and he was, you know, you know, they just didn't connect it. So I always, that's when I first realized, I was like, wow, maybe I, maybe I don't look like my dad. And people are kind of weird. And um, people are weird where they will say to you, are you sure that's your dad when you're a kid? And I'd be like, dad, are you sure you're my dad? <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And I'd even ask my mom and she was like, yeah, I'm sure. So that whole way home, that whole drive home, I just wouldn't stop crying because I'd felt so abandoned. And my dad said to me, why? Don't be so upset. You know, you know, I'm always going to come for you. I'll always come for you. I'll never leave you. And I kind of heard it, but I didn't believe it. Then when I, when I was about 15, I used to say that I was going to a sleepover at my girlfriend's house, but actually I was going to a rave in a field. And, um... <laughs> This one time we were somewhere near, um, in Somerset somewhere. And um, it was crazy. It was the early hours of the morning. And um, we had lost our money. We were run out of money. We had no way to get home. We didn't know what we were going to do. I was with like two other girls. We were just like kind of a bit strung out as well. Uh, Everyone was really afraid to like call their parents. But I was like, I'm just going to call my dad because what else are we going to do? You know, we can't hitchhike. So I called my dad. And he came for me. And then last year, I play in bands and stuff. And last year we went to play a show, a Girls to the Front show in in Edinburgh. And the guy who we'd paid to drive, to drive the van, we'd paid him beforehand because he said we needed to pay him beforehand, which is really not a good thing to do. Because <laughs> I recommend don't, not doing that. Because like, he vanished and he wasn't there to drive us home. So I called my dad. Uh, from Edinburgh and was like, Dad, I'm stuck in Edinburgh with my band and we've got no way to get home. And he drove to Edinburgh and got me 
because he's really my dad. Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a review on iTunes. For more true stories and to see a live event, head to stories.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.